All righty. We have fun today. We're going to talk today about the atmosphere of heaven. The atmosphere of heaven. There is an atmosphere in heaven. There's a place called heaven. And uh, has anybody ever heard of prayer? You ever heard of prayer? Prayer is a good thing. Can I get a witness? All right. Let me, see, let me ask you a question to see if you know something. What's the number one thing Jesus told you to pray for? Does anybody know? Well, let's just read it. Matthew chapter 6 is the primary teaching he gave on prayer. It's the number one thing he wants you to pray for. Verse 9, he said, in this manner, therefore pray. You got it? Jesus just looked at you and he said, ask me to do this for you. When you pray, ask me for this. This is a blank check right here. Ask me to do this for you. And here's what he said, pray for our father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. The word hallowed simply means praise, celebration. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The number one thing you're told to pray for is that his kingdom come on the earth the way it's being done in heaven. All right, has anybody ever heard of heaven? Where was the rest of you going? Uh, there's a place called heaven. I don't like to use the word heaven because the word heaven has a connotation to it that our culture has put even in Christians' minds. We don't think about heaven like the Father does. We think of heaven, people think of some fluffy little cloud where a bunch of little fat angels sit around playing harps. That'd be hell to me. I'm not going there. Yeah. Or we think of some guy in a white tuxedo at a white desk answering a white telephone. Oh, ain't that where I want to go? No. The Bible calls it the new earth. There are two earths. You got this earth and you got the new earth. Many people have asked me, what's it going to be like in heaven? And I just tell them, what's it like on earth? It is a new earth. The only difference is in that earth, there's nothing there that humans have screwed up. It's perfect. Do we have rivers and trees and birds here? Well, let me ask you a question. He who created the first earth, did he not create the second earth? Guess why he calls it the new earth? There are two earths right now. There's, there's the one you're on that you can see. There's the one you can't see right now, but you could see someday if you love Jesus. And um, Ephesians 1 talks about those two earths, and it says this. Our Father's ultimate plan in all of creation is someday to gather into one place his entire family, both those who are now in heaven. There are people on the new earth right now. How many of you know anybody on the new earth right now? And those who are on the old earth. So some of us are on this earth. Some of them are on that new earth already. His ultimate plan is to bring the whole family together one day on the new earth. So there's a new earth. Let me say this in that new earth or heaven. You can call it whatever you want to. There's an atmosphere there. If you, the, the first, the, if you were to croak right now and find yourself standing there in that new body, the first thing that would hit you is the atmosphere of heaven. Joy would hit you like a tidal wave and it'd knock you over. There's an atmosphere of joy everywhere in that new earth. Peace. Let me ask you a question. You think people are cussing each other out there? You know why? You don't have that, you don't have that kind of atmosphere there. Do you think people are stabbing other people in the back there? They don't allow that there. Do you think anybody's depressed in the new earth? There's no atmosphere of depression in the new earth. There is an atmosphere in heaven or the new earth. And we're going to talk a bit about what it is in a minute. What's the number one thing you're told to pray for? Make it in my home the way it is right there right now. 
by your spirit, let your kingdom, let what's going on in heaven be done on earth right now. In this heart, let it be inside of me like, like folks are being up there right now. It, let the celebration in this church be like the celebration that's there right now. We're to pray for heaven to come down to earth now. That's the number one thing you're told to pray for by Jesus. Let me make an announcement. That would be cool if that happened. All right. Let me take a minute and talk ugly for here. Todd, I need to talk ugly for a minute. <clears throat> I hear more and more that people think there's something wrong in our nation right now. How about y'all? Anybody think there's something wrong around here? Now, did you, somebody tell you that or can you see it? All right, tell me exactly what it is. And I've had many try. I had many people, listen, the Holy Spirit will lay his finger exactly on what's wrong in this nation right now. I'm going to go back to the 1960s, fast forward. Let me tell you what's happened in this nation. The atmosphere of hell has come over this nation. In a word, the atmosphere of hell has come over this nation. And I'm going to use a word here, culture. You know what culture, culture is? Culture means the way people treat each other and the atmosphere where people live. So it's a, the way people live. Let me just take an example. We have gone from, I'm going to put it in the 1960s because I was a boy in the 1960s. They just discovered fire. I was a boy then. And there's been such a shift in the attitudes of people from the 60s to today. The culture has changed. The greatest reflector of culture is television. If you want to find out what the culture was like, watch TV shows from the 60s. If you want to find out what we're like today, watch TV shows from today. And there's been a shift in the culture from the 60s to today. Uh, in the 60s, we had shows like Andy Griffith, Mayberry. Do you remember that? What do you remember about that show? They, didn't, they the same, didn't have the money we did, but what did they have back then? They had honor in that little town. Even the town drunk was treated good. You didn't talk ugly about anybody back then. No, Barney, no. Not just that. My three sons, Father Knows Best, Hazel, Leave It to Beaver. All those shows, you saw the honor that people had for each other and the way they, there was an atmosphere in the culture back then. Fast forward to Jerry Springer. Simpsons. Why anybody would feed their souls on such pig crap is a mystery to me. Sorry, there's... The, the, the culture's changed. You know, it's happened. And some people use the word a culture of honor, atmosphere of heaven, same thing. We've gone from a culture of honor to a culture of dishonor. And all the garbage and the problems that are flowing out today flow out of that new culture that's hit the land. You know what the Bible calls it? The kingdom of hell. The Bible calls it the kingdom of hell. Another word it uses is darkness, kingdom of darkness. And the shift has come in our land right now. All right, follow me a little further here. The Bible said this was going to happen right before the second coming of Jesus. All right, you're not going to rewrite the Bible. What it says is going to happen. And the Bible is very clear. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I do need to tell you this. The Bible prophesied, which means it said, right before Jesus comes back to this earth, there's going to be an atmosphere change in the earth. And it's going to be over the people. And here's, I'll give you one description. This is 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 and following, where it said, listen to what the Bible said, know this. Demons, if God said know this, mean you need to. We're getting there. Know this. In the latter days, right before the second coming of Jesus, there will be difficult times on the earth. And maybe you think he got that right. So far, so good. And then it describes, you know what it describes? It describes the attitudes of people. Men will be greedy, self-centered, 
profane, belligerent, irreconcilable, unloving, brutal to their parents. He nailed us, didn't he? And that was written 2,000 years ago. He said the primary thing you'll see in the earth right before Jesus comes back is that an atmosphere of hell will come over the earth and it'll affect people's hearts and minds and the way they treat each other. We've seen that. You could look at other places in scripture for that. Romans chapter one describes it at length. Uh, but I want us to look at one thing, and this is the great prophecy of what's coming in the earth. We're moving into those days now, and you'll see this before Jesus gets back. I want you to look with me. Isaiah chapter 60. I think I've shown you this before, but you, you need to learn something. It'll help you to understand. Uh, while you're finding Isaiah 60, let me quote to you from the Bible in 1 Chronicles 12. The Bible said this, in the days of King David, there were a group of men called the sons of Issachar. And it said this about them. They understood the times they were living in that the people might know what to do. If you don't understand what's going on in the earth, you're not going to know what to do. And we need to be a people who understand from the Almighty's perspective what in, what in the hell is going on in the earth right now. And I'm not cursing. I just gave you the answer. And you need to know this. And he's prophesied two major things will happen in the earth right before the second coming of Jesus. You need to know this. So you will know how to know what to do and how to live in this. Isaiah chapter 60, verse one says this, arise and shine. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. What's another word for glory? The kingdom of the Lord or the atmosphere of heaven has come upon you. <clears throat> verse two, behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Deep darkness, the people. What's another word for darkness? Kingdom of hell. Then as the Bible prophesied this, right before the second coming of Jesus, a darkness would cover the earth and it would get into the hearts of people and it would affect the way people act and the way they treat one another. But what did it also say? That the kingdom of God's coming in this earth at the same time and it's going to rest on you. And then I love verse, let's finish verse two. It said this, his kingdom, his glory will be seen upon you. Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your shining. What do you see right there? This darkness is going to cover the earth and affect the way people act, but the glory of God is going to rest on certain people. The light of God is going to rest on people. The atmosphere of heaven is going to be in certain places in the earth. <clears throat> and people are going to run to that place and say, that's what I want right there. You've got what I'm looking for. What is it you've got? That's the prophecy. We're seeing that fulfilled today. And so this is the prophecy. I'm going to put it in another language. Hell's going to cover the earth, but the kingdom of heaven is going to come down to the earth too. And the atmosphere of heaven is going to be in certain places in this earth before Jesus comes back. And I've decided my life and my heart's going to be one of them. All right. What is the atmosphere of heaven? Or you can call it, some people call it a culture of honor. Some people call it good. Whatever you want to call it. I'm going to give you eight words from the Bible to describe what it would be like in a culture of heaven or the atmosphere of heaven. And this is from the Bible. This is exactly what's going on in heaven right now. This is taken from Revelation chapters four and five. This is taken from Acts chapter two, when the spirit of God came down and built the kingdom like he never has before. I'll give you eight words. Number one is the word peace. Wherever the spirit of God and the kingdom of God are, you're going to have peace. There is no fear. There is no worry. There ain't no stabbing in the back. There is peace. By the way, I'm addicted to peace and I like it. Don't mess with me. Number two, I'm going to use a word here, value or honor. You can use the word honor if you want to. 
In the, if you were to go to heaven right now, or what we call the new earth, you would notice, look how those people treat each other. They treat everybody here like they're the most important person on the planet. Everybody here is honored. Everybody here is just adored. Even the janitor in heaven is, if, if they have one, might have to do your own cleaning, I don't know. But you'd just be shocked at the way people treat each other in heaven, how they respect each other and care for each other. And the word is honor or value each other. Where the kingdom of heaven is, people are treated very important. You know why? They are. <clears throat> it's not because you're the CEO and that's the janitor. It's because you are created in the image of the living God. You're treated like that. The word number three is, uh, is the word unconditional love. Everybody's love, no matter who they are. Every heart longs for unconditional love. That's why most people are trying to earn love. And as, a, as an old hymn used to say, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. Every heart longs to be loved just like I am. How many times have I heard people say through tears, I just wish somebody to love me for who I am. Well, where the kingdom of heaven is, that happens. People are loved just like they are. The word number four is the word mercy. You don't have to walk on eggshells in heaven. There's mercy. And where the kingdom of God rules in a place, you don't have to worry about being killed if you make a mistake. There's mercy. By the way, there's mercy with the Lord. Number five. I love this word. It's the word joy with a capital J and a capital O and a capital Y and four exclamation marks on the outside of it out there. If you, the first thing that will hit you the moment you step into the new earth, you will be stunned by the joy of the place. You never knew you could have, your heart will explode with joy. You know why? Psalm 1611, where the presence of the Lord is in thy presence is fullness of joy. I've never understood why there's reverence in a church. Church should be a hoot. And where, listen, there's just, you said, well, Brother Brian, nobody can be happy in this land today. Oh, do I have to start all over again for you? Matter of fact, you know what the Bible calls the kingdom of God where he's ruling at? Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God's not eating and drinking. It's not material stuff. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When you see joy, I mean real joy and peace and things are right, you're looking at God working. That's where he's at right there. The kingdom of heaven is pure joy. Word number six is the word celebration with a horn blowing on the outside of it. You get to heaven, it is wild. I know you find that hard to believe after being in church for so many years. I've never understood. When I went to the Baptist college to learn how not to preach and not to have church, they taught me over and over our worship services should be reverent, reverent. All I heard was rigor mortis. <laughs> Where do you get this stuff from? Please tell me. You didn't get it out of this Bible. Revelation chapters four and five are the only place on God's earth where he says, let me show you exactly what it's like in heaven. You can read Revelation chapters four and five, and it's a perfect description of what's going on in heaven right now. Guess what you see there? People are hollering, they're screaming, they're falling down. They are throwing crowns across the room. That's heaven. It's a pure blowout celebration. It makes a Super Bowl party. <laughs> Look like you're fixing to get a colonoscopy. You ain't never had so much fun in there. <laughs> Heaven's pure gladness. Word number seven. Heaven is baptized with the atmosphere of gratitude. 
Everybody in heaven is so thankful. They just thank God. They're so grateful to be alive. They're grateful for his kindness. They're just full of gratitude. The entitlement mentality was born in hell. Whining was born in hell. That's the kingdom of hell. The kingdom of heaven is gratitude. A grateful heart. And let me give you one more is the word blessing. As Jesus said, now blessing, I don't mean he does things for you. Blessing means to speak well to people or to encourage people and build them up. Nobody is fussing at anybody in glory. They're encouraging each other. They're building each other up. That, when you see that, thy kingdom has come. Thy will has been done. How'd you like to move to a place like that? Well, you will one day, but let me tell you something. What did the Bible tell us to pray for? Pray that that place come down here. Do this in my house right here. Let the atmosphere of heaven be in my home. Let, let it be right here, right now. Now, <clears throat> let me make another announcement. Hell, which is very real also, has an atmosphere too. If you were to step into hell right now, you would sense an atmosphere immediately. Every place you go, you sense an atmosphere. If you were to step into hell right now, you'd sense an atmosphere. Let me from scripture give you a few words that describes the atmosphere of hell. The number one atmosphere you'd sense in hell is the hellish anger. Hell is a place of great anger. Do you ever wonder why the Bible said when Jesus talked about hell, he said they weep continually and there is gnashing of teeth. Everybody in hell is so angry. When Satan is described in Revelation 12, it said he is full of wrath. He hath great anger. He is so angry. Hell is just a place of anger. What kingdoms operating in my nation right now? Number two, hell is a place of criticism. People are constantly criticizing and whining in hell. Demons turn on one another. Number three, hell is a place of black, dark hopelessness. There's no hope whatsoever. You've been in hell for nine months now and you realize I ain't got but 10 million more years to go. Hell's absolute hopeless. The spirit of hopelessness is the spirit of hell. Let me do a couple more. Hell is profane. It is filthy. It is junkyard, dog, animal, living. People are just dogs. Humans are dogs. Humans are created in the image of God to walk in dignity and grace. We're not created to live like a bunch of junkyard dogs in heat. I could go on and on. But hell has an atmosphere. One of these two atmospheres is going to dominate everything on the earth. You either have the kingdom of heaven or you have the kingdom of hell in your home, in your church, in your city, in your business. Atmospheres are everything. They dominate like that. All right. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm thinking so carefully here. The kingdom of heaven can only be built by the spirit of God. I can't do it. I can't make this a great place. I can't make everybody be nice to each other. I can't make everybody be happy and I can't make everybody be kind. It didn't say you do it. Listen to it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done by you. The spirit of God is glad to bring the kingdom of God where it's wanted and welcomed. Only he can do it. And he does it from the heart and people do it because they want to from the heart. Now, I don't know if you notice this or not, but right now our society is all caught up in an attempt to make everybody respect everybody and be nice to one another. And matter of fact, we'll just cancel your butt if you don't, dang you. We got a great push going on in the land today to make everybody be nice. And it is, it is about as effective as a screen door on a submarine. It's doomed to fail. It will not work. Let me tell you why it will not work because the kingdom of God can only be motivated by one thing. The kingdom of God can only be motivated by a willing heart. Let all you do be done in love. 
Love is the motivation of the kingdom of God. And that's the only thing that'll do it. You, you, uh, it's got to be from the heart in sincerity. All right, the attempt in our culture right now to make everybody, to bring equality and, and all this stuff, what's it motivated by? Anger. Where's anger come from? Heaven? Let me make an announcement. James chapter one. The anger of man never serves the purposes of God. You will never accomplish good stuff with anger. Oh, you can get something done. Anger and hatred. You don't do what I tell you to do, we'll cancel you. I sense a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Doing protesting, raising hell, hollering, being angry at people so they'll respect you. Did you really get respect? Or did Coca-Cola just start cooperating because you wouldn't buy them no more? We're not being motivated by love. We're being motivated by hatred in this land today. And uh, that is not the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom can only come by his spirit, but it can come. You want to see a prophetic word about our nation? Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Here's where we're headed. As a nation, I'm not going there. My house is not going there, and you ain't going there with me either. Galatians 5. One of the greatest verses in all the Bible, because the Bible, in this one verse, it takes the whole Bible, packs it into one verse. You say, Brother Brian, I need to learn the Bible. Learn one verse, you'll have it. It's Galatians 5, 14, where it says this. Galatians 5, 14. All the law, all the Bible is fulfilled in one word. Here it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. What does it mean? All the word, all the Bible is fulfilled in one verse. Do that one verse, you'll do everything the Bible asks you to do. On the other hand, if we don't do that, read the next verse. But if you bite and devour one another, beware, you will be destroyed by one another. What happens in a land when people start biting and devouring one another? You don't, there was, you don't fix stuff by hating people. The late great, one of my heroes, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, you don't overcome hatred with hatred. You don't overcome violence with violence. He was a kingdom man. And the Bible is very clear here concerning the prophetic word. All righty. Let me shift gears now. Let's have a little fun here. Well, if hell's going to cover the earth and this atmosphere is what's going to happen in the latter days, where's the kingdom supposed? Where's the kingdom of heaven supposed to come at? Good question. Where's the first place I want the kingdom of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven to come at? Does anybody know? Bingo. It's not coming in my house first got to come in his heart first. I can't control you. Guess who I'm responsible for? But the first place I want the kingdom of God to come is where? Right here. I want to come in this heart and in this life. And what did he tell me to do? Ask me to do this for you, son. I want the spirit of God to come into my life. I want him to fill me with his presence and his power. And uh, did you know that if the kingdom comes in my life, you should be able to tell it? You can tell by the smell when all is well. Can I get a witness? You say, well, I don't believe you should judge people. Look right here. Jesus told you to judge people. What do you think he meant when he said, you will know them by their bumper sticker. You will know them by where their fanny is parked on Sunday morning. Is that what it says? You will know them by their, come on, fruits. If the kingdom comes into this heart right here, I'm not going to be a born again Christian. That's not it. You're going to see the love of God in here. You're going to see the peace of God on me. You're not going to see me worried and afraid and nervous about what they think. 
You can see the pure joy of Jesus right in the middle of a mess. It's just pure joy. <clears throat> You're going to see hope. You're not going to hear me stabbing people in the back. You're not going to see me hating nobody. And you ain't gonna, you're not going to see me vomiting on nobody either. Amen. You know what vomit is, don't you? Amen. That's when I just puke about what's wrong around here and how bad it is. And then young people today, they're going to the dogs. Even the dogs are going to the dogs. <laughs> Shut the hell up. I've heard enough. I'm old. I'm fixing to retire. I can do what I want to now. You're going to see it. There was, I want the kingdom in the, I don't want a life of discouragement and fear and worrying about the future. I want confidence and peace and hope. I want the boldness and life and joy and love of God. I'm going to enjoy my life in the kingdom. Let it be right here in this heart, the way folks are living up there right now. That's what he told me to pray for. Thy kingdom come on earth like they're living in heaven right now. My daddy went to heaven about four months ago. He's having a blast. Got out of that old creaky body. Got him. He's even younger than I am now. You know, you're about mid-20s in heaven. Everybody gets, you don't think we're going to carry these old wore-out sacks to heaven, do you? We know that if this body's destroyed, we have a new body not made with hands. The aging process came in the world after sin came. And the more man's crap, sin. We have brand new young bodies in glory. I guarantee you, my dad has already found the best fishing spots in glory. You know he has. Having a grand time, right? Now, it's going to come in my heart first. Parents, quit trying to straighten your children out. Straighten yourself out first. That's good right there. We're doing good here. <laughs> Number two, I don't know what you got. I can't control this nation, but listen to what my buddy Joshua said in verse 24, 15. If you want to worship the devil, worship him. If you want to worship God, worship him. But as for me and my house, the kingdom's coming in my home. We decided when I was young, when I was a young man, back when fire was being discovered, when I was young and we started having children, we're not going to be religious in this house. But we ain't letting Jerry Springer tell us how to live either. They're going to be encouragement in this house. We're going to love each other in this house. We're going to treat each other with respect in this house. <clears throat> we decided in this house, there ain't going to be no whining. You were doing good until I got to the whining part. You know why anybody whining in this house? Everybody in this house is well-fed, got a place to live, and lives in the greatest nation on earth. I ain't hearing it. I ain't listening to whining in this house. And we're going to honor one another. There's going to be laughter in this house. You're going to turn the TV off in this house. Some rabbit ain't puking on my living room floor. Can I get a witness? You're going to sit down at the table, and we're going to enjoy family dinner, and you're going to turn that stupid telephone off. The kingdom is coming in my house. Listen, if my kids make a D on a report card, that ain't no big deal to me. Daddy made plenty of them. One of my kids is bragging. They never made a B all the way through school. Ain't no big deal. I didn't either. <laughs> Listen, you make a bad grade, we can get over that. You spill milk, we'll clean it up with a smile. You speak disrespectful to your mama, your bad day fixing to jump all over you. We don't talk like that. In this. The atmosphere of heaven's going to rule in this house right here. By the way, let me, let me help you with something here, dads. You know why I could command my children, don't ever speak disrespectful to your mama? They've never heard their daddy do it. All right, let me tell you something. We just decided our atmosphere was going to be one of joy and peace and hope and encouragement. And we're going to honk each other on. We're going to love each other. And we're going to enjoy being here. The kingdom can come in your house. 
Your family can treat each other and live just like they're living in heaven right now. We should want that. Number three, I'm fixing to get really wild here. The kingdom of God, the atmosphere of heaven can actually come in a church. I know it. I have trouble even admitting that myself. But listen to what Jesus said. Walk with me, listen to me, and on this rock, I will build my church. We need churches that have the kingdom in them. I don't care if you got disco lights. I don't care if your preacher's educated. I don't care if you got air conditioning. You better have the kingdom of God in that church. You better have the atmosphere of heaven in that church. When the atmosphere of heaven is in a church, nobody's fighting for anything. Nobody's stabbing each other. People are not. You don't do the cold fish to people. Hello, Brother Beggars. How are you doing? I'm going to kiss you right on the mouth. You start that mess with me. You go into an atmosphere where, where heaven has saturated a church. There's joy in that place. There's peace in there. People are treated like pure royalty in there because they are. Now, you'd love being in a church where God had set up his kingdom. It can happen in, in there. Can I go a little further? It can happen in a business. The kingdom can come in businesses. It should. You say, I thought that you're getting involved in let me tell you something. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything on this planet, he created for his glory. This separation of church and state crap that started back in the 70s is not in the scripture and it wasn't here for years. I'm sorry, I keep saying crap in church. I'm sorry, things. Let me give you, any, I won't name anything, but Chick-fil-A. Can I point something out to you about Chick-fil-A? Chicken man is not here this morning, so I can say it. And don't nobody tell him either, all right? He's my buddy. It's not great food. Oh, I just got fired, didn't I? It's a cheap fried chicken sandwich on a cheap white bun and the pickle's been dyed. Lift your bun up and see if it ain't got the dye on it. That's not great. You can get better chicken sandwiches a lot of other places. I can tell this is going over good. They said, well, then why do people line up to get in there? It ain't food. It's the atmosphere. It's the atmosphere in that place. You walk in there, they don't. <laughs> Nobody says what you want. <laughs> You're not standing on food on the floor when you walk in there. The windows have been washed. You walk in there and somebody with their shirt tail tucked in. I mean, no underwear showing at all. You walk in there and they treat you like you're the most important person on earth. And then they give you your average food. And people walk around and they, they want to wait on you. And when you tell them thank you, they tell you, oh no, it's my, you've been there. It's not the food, it's the atmosphere in Chick-fil-A. I thought of this the other day. If you build it, they will come. I got a friend named Mr. Everett. He owns the Arrowhead Service Center right across from the entrance to Tango. I love that man, one of the greatest Christians I ever met. And uh, I was down the other day and I was visiting with him and one of his uh, salespeople that calls on him there said this, I have never, and Mr. Everett's been there 40 years. He said, I've never been in a place where the employees adore and respect the boss man like they do here. And Mr. Everett said, you ain't ever been in a place where the boss man adores and respects his employees like they do here either. That he has built the atmosphere of heaven in a service station. 
I think that's why his employees have been there 41 years, 35 years, 28 years, and 27 years. When people find kingdom, they stick around. People go up there just to be, just to be treated the way they're treated. Everybody's treated like, I'm up there one morning getting tires, me and him's talking early, and a man came in, gonna pay for his gas or pay for something. I don't know what it was. And Mr. Epps said, hello, sir. So didn't this the best morning? Walked over and took his step. He looked at him and he looked at his thing. I don't know how he knew it. Looked at it and he said, it's your birthday today, Ed. Phyllis said, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Epps said, preacher, join me. Happy birthday. And we sang happy birthday to him right there that morning. <laughs> he had, let me tell you what. He has built an outpost of the kingdom of heaven right there in the middle of hell on earth. Heaven has come down at the Arrowhead Service Center. Go get you some tires. Tell him I sent you. <laughs> you can build it in the business. Let me, can I really get off the edge here? Let me just really hack people off. You can build the kingdom of God in the schools. We need them. Something happened in our schools several years ago. Matter of fact, this points right to the 1960s, early 70s, when we told the source of all knowledge get out of our schools. And we kicked God out of the public schools. Now, I don't know if you've read history. Maybe you're not being told the truth in history. I'm 63 years old. I went to public schools in Charlotte, North Carolina. Every school day began just like this. Went to homeroom. Eight o'clock, the bell rang and the intercom came on. Good morning, students. This is Mr. Brooks. He's the principal. It is time for our daily Bible reading and morning prayer in the public school system in Charlotte when I was in high school. And he prayed God would bless the day help the student. You say, now listen, unswallow your tongue. That was America till the 1970s. Matter of fact, I graduated in 1975. That was America for years and years. I know about what the constitution says. You know what amazes me? That my <clears throat> beanhead intellects today know more about the constitution than the men who wrote it. You, bo you bothering me, doc. We're not going back. I got news for you. I've got a lot, I know a lot of older people that teach school, been teaching for years. I'm married to an old woman that taught school for years and years. <laughs> or I was before the service started. <laughs> <laughs> you know what every one of them tells me? I'm getting out. I'm getting out. I can't take this no more. There's been such a change in 30 years in the school systems. It's not the academic side. It is the atmosphere. It's the spirit that's over our schools now. Opus don't offend you, but they have to live with it every day. You're going to live with it for one minute. An older teacher told me, said, I am so tired of being told to F myself by some juvenile delinquent. And when I tell the principal, the principal pees in his britches, afraid if he says something, he'll get in trouble with the parents. And you wonder what's going on in the schools. Now, how many of you vote for combat pay for public school teachers? Can I get a witness? I'm all about that. And I'm, I'm not, I didn't mean to crab. My point is we've changed atmospheres. That's why we have a school called Grace Christian Academy. And these old women love being there. There's some old women. My wife teaches old women teach over there. My wife would pay you to get to go. Not the academics. Kids are kids no matter where they are. It's the spirit of the place. It's the atmosphere of the place. People long to be in that atmosphere. How many of you ever, let me tell you what happened last year. How many of you ever heard of this happening in a school? It came the last week of school, my wife's class, last week of school, and the kids told her, ask Mr. Bowman, who's the principal there, 
ask him if we can go another week and not have to go home next week. That's not what I was saying when I was in school. You know why the kids wanted to stay another week when they could have gone home for summer break? The atmosphere. What they enjoyed about that place. Dear ones, every human heart longs for the kingdom of God. The atmosphere of heaven. Everybody longs for that somehow. Uh, let, me, let me wrap up by... Let me throw in one more here. That means I got a bunch more, but I'm, I'm going to say one. So you stood with me. Every relationship I have, the kingdom's going to come in it. I'm not having hell in my relationships. Let me show you what that means. A friend and I go out to eat somewhere, eat lunch. We sat down at that table. I am not going to criticize him. I'm not going to point out his faults. We're not going to sit there and stab each other in the back. We're not going to stab other people in the back while we're sitting there. By the way, this is for free. If somebody's always stabbing other people while you're talking to them, guess who they're stabbing when you ain't talking to them? Thought I'd just throw that in for free. Guess what we're going to do while we sit there? We're going to encourage each other. We're going to love each other. We're going to laugh at that table. And we're not going to vomit on each other. We're not going to talk about what's wrong today. We're going to build each other up. You know what happens at that table when that happens? In that moment, the kingdom comes down right there. Heaven just hit that table right there. I'm going to have that in every relationship I have. And if I can't, I'm finding me somebody new to relate to. Can I get a witness? Amen. All right. Why, why, do, why do we need the kingdom of heaven on the earth? Every heart longs for the kingdom of heaven. When God created your heart, he created it to long for the atmosphere of heaven. Now, I don't mean you want to die and go there. You long for it to come here. Let me give you an example. I'll just show you how much the human heart longs for heaven. Before I was uh, here, I was at another church in a city called High Point, And we were involved with a drug rehab ministry, much like this church is involved with Living Free. It was called His Labor and Few. And I loved them. My friend, dear friend of mine, Steve Irvin, started Steve was the president of the Outlaws Motorcycle Gang. And he got saved and wanted to spend the rest of his life helping people. So he started a rehab center for alcoholics and drug, mostly drug addicts. And had a women's side and had a men's side too. And we were deeply involved. A lot of folks in my church worked there and I was there a lot. We just, I just love that kind of stuff. All right, I went over there one day to see Steve. Beautiful campus was given to him by the Wesleyan Church campground. I went over to see him one day and as I walked up, I heard something and I turned the corner of the building walking toward the office and outside the office building, there was a little retainer wall there about two foot tall and a girl was sitting on it and she was so distraught. And a lady from my church that works there was sitting beside her, had her arm around her and this lady was just rocking and she was screaming and crying, no, no. And she was so upset. I, and I just assumed, well, a family member's died or something like that. And she just told her about it and, or something horrible's happened. So I just went around him and went in there and was visiting with Steve and doing, Steve and Moses was there. I'm not the Moses out of Exodus, but the Moses that worked there. And we were visiting and a little bit Janice, the lady sitting with her, she came back in. I was talking, I said, Janice, I said, what, what happened to that poor girl out there? She said, I just told her she had to leave. She graduated. You know, it's a nine-month program and she graduated and she just told her, you, you graduated, you got to go back home because we need the beds. We've got a waiting list. Let me tell you about that place. They got rules on top of rules. They tell you exactly when to get up and it's early. You can't smoke. You can't have a cell phone. They tell you when to go to bed. They tell you what you'll eat. Rules on top of rules. Why would a young woman in her 20s be that distraught because she had to leave a place with such rules? Let me tell you why. All her life, she'd been treated like trash. She grew up with her daddy abusing her. She was the loser in school. Men abused her. She was always treated like crap all her life. 
But she came to a place where she was honored and loved and cared for. And there was peace. And she was safe. She came to a place where the atmosphere of heaven had been brought down to the earth. And she did not want to leave that place. Even if the rules were there, she wanted to be where heaven was. You know why? Every human heart longs for it. Let me help you here. You want your kids to want to be at home? Build heaven on earth in your home. You want your kids to want to come home? Build an atmosphere where they want to be at. They'll show up. Dear ones, I'm telling you, if you'll build it, they will come. If you'll build it, he will come. But if you'll build it, they will come. Preachers ask me once in a while, what can I do to get my church to grow? And I just ask them, you sure you want it to grow? Guess what it means when your church grows? You're going to be like the bulldog that chased the Greyhound bus and caught it. And you didn't know what to do with it. You don't have to do anything to get your church to grow. I said, well, if you want your church to grow, put beer in the lobbies and topless dancers on the stage. You'll get somebody in there. <laughs> At the junk we're doing to get people in our churches today. Listen to me. Get God in your church. Let the kingdom come in your church. Every heart longs to be in that atmosphere. He created our hearts to long for heaven. Build that atmosphere, they'll come to it. Everybody longs for it. Long for the kingdom of God to come on this earth. Ask that man to do what he said he'd do. There was, he's the one who told you to ask him. He don't play games. Amen. He will send it into your heart, in your home, in the earth. I don't want to quit by giving you a word of admonition and warning. You can call it a prophetic word if you want to. It don't matter to me what you call it. Just hear it. I have a word from God for you concerning the times we live in right now. Again, we need to be like the sons of Iskar who understood the times they were living in so they'd know what they needed to be doing. You need to know what you need to be doing in these days. Here's the word. Number one, you are not going to save the Titanic. Quit wasting your time trying. You're not going to fix this broken society. This is the big one, Louise. What the Bible said was going to happen in this culture is going to happen. You can crusade for justice and do all that stuff you want to. You're not going to fix this mess. The mess in this earth will only be fixed when the Son of God comes back to this earth. He'll be the big piece. So don't waste your life trying to fix the culture. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. You say, well, you're negative. No, that's called prophecy. Number two, are you listening to me? God did not create you and put you in this earth for you to be a thermometer. He puts you in this earth to be a thermostat. Matthew 5, 14 says this, you are the thermometer of the earth. Is that what it says? Tell me the difference between them two. A thermometer tells you the temperature in the room. A thermostat changes the temperature in the room. You weren't put here to talk about how rotten it is on the earth and whine and moan because it's terrible. Oh. You were put here to change what's on this earth. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. I didn't light your lamp to hide you under a bucket or in the basement of the church. I placed you somewhere strategically to let your light shine before men. You're supposed to change the atmosphere, not whine about it. Number three, do not be overcome by darkness, but overcome darkness with light. Overcome evil with good. Do not let the darkness in this culture tell you how to live. Don't let what's going on in this, in this society, right? And don't let it make you run and hide somewhere. Get right in the middle of it. We need a new attitude amongst Christianity in this nation right now. We got to save America. You are not going to do it. Come on. Preach it. Let, me, let me 
I want to just go crazy here and speak the words of Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of men. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek what God's doing in the earth. Here's the best picture I can give you to help you to understand the difference in that mindset. Years ago, before we had telephones, we had, oh, I forget, y'all weren't here, telegrams. <laughs> telegrams, you tap, 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 Morse code. That's how you sent messages around the earth. Didn't have a telephone, telegram. Well, the shoe company president decided he's going to open a new market. So he sent a salesman with samples to Africa. Sent him over and said, go over and sell some shoes. Let's see what we can do. Let's open a new market. So he goes over there to Africa. And he's, of course, he had to take a boat. Couldn't even fly then. And he gets over there. And uh, before long, the president gets a telegram back. And telegrams, you kept them real short because you paid by the letter. So he gets a telegram back, said this. Sending all samples home. I'm coming home. Nobody wears shoes over here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's nasty out there, brother beggars. Not to be outdone, he decides to send another one. So he ships another one over there. Wasn't long, he got a telegram back from him and it read, send all available samples. Send all available salesmen. Nobody wears shoes over here. Get out of that, it's nasty, this old nasty world. When I look out there in the culture down, I think opportunity is all around me. What a chance to show this world how wonderful Jesus is. Listen, you weren't put here. <laughs> Don't let the darkness overcome you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Quit worrying about the nation. Quit worrying about Pakistan. I don't even know where that's at. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done right here in this heart, just like it's being done up there right now. Let what's going on at the dinner table in heaven go on at my dinner table in my house right now. We're going to have church down here like they're having in heaven right now. I'm tempted to buy some cheap plastic Burger King crowns and let you fling them around the room when we have service. The heart longs for heaven. But I ain't ready to die and go there yet. So I'm going to bring it down here. And I'm going to live in that atmosphere. Jesus, we love you and praise you and thank you for your goodness. And Jesus, by your, by your grace, help us to get our sights aligned on the kingdom of God. Quit trying to patch up the Titanic and begin to see the kingdom come. I pray for every person in this room. I want these, I don't want them just saved going to heaven. They don't sense crawling through hell till we get there. I pray for every person in this room that they will long for the atmosphere of heaven to fill their hearts. The hope, the encouragement, the sweetness, the love, the joy, the peace, the fearlessness of heaven to fill their hearts while they're on this earth by your spirit. I pray for every home in this room represented, every home watching today. I want that home to be heaven on earth. A place where the kids go in there, they, they get beat up at school all day. Daddy gets beat up at work. Mama gets cussed out at work. But when we get home, we're going to have something different there. Let these homes be an outpost of heaven on the earth. Where kids love to bring their friends. They come to my house, see what it's like over here. Build heaven in our homes. Heaven in our relationships. Lord Jesus, while we're at it, might as well just get wild about this thing. Build heaven in your church on the earth. Let us see what church would look like down here if it was like you have in church in heaven right now. I trust you for that precious name of Jesus. I pray, thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen.